Back off, you Mitsubishi bitch. <laughs> Hello, <laughs> and welcome to another episode of Foo Bar I hope you're all having an excellent day, or week, or weekend, or whatever you're having, no matter where you are in the world wide web. I hope you're having a stupendous day. Uh, hope, I hope everyone's doing great. Just great. It's another hot week th uh, this week. Uh, I thought it was getting a little bit better, and then it turned back to being sweltering. Sweltling? Schmelting? Swelt? Sweatling? Whatever. It went back to being really hot. And I think it's gotten under my under my skin a little bit. Because I did something very out of character today. Um, <laughs> I was at... Uh, I was driving down... You know, I'm driving down the road as you do. And... I, uh, you know, I was at a stop... Stop uh, a light. A traffic light, I should say. It was a red light. I was at the red light. And, you know, usually... You know, I, I drive through this area plenty of times, so it's not like... I, I know that usually the other the other side gets a turn arrow before I get a green light. And um, so I look down at my phone for a second. I don't know, I replied to some someone in, in Discord. And I look up and I see the opposite cars on the other end of the... You know, waiting for the light. You know, they, they inched forward a little bit, and I was like, oh... And I looked up at the light, and it it, it literally was red in, for like a millisecond in my in my face, and it turned green. And I'm like, okay. So I took my foot off my brake, and all of a sudden I hear a bam. And this this lady behind me in a convertible is waving her hands in the air like, what the fuck, you know? You know that 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 international symbol for, you know why you know what the fuck in a in a car. Oh, I just dropped something. Damn it. <laughs> uh, I knew that was gonna happen. I knew I was gonna hit my head. What the fuck? Well, anyway, um, so yeah, I I get honked at. I'm like, what? Why am I getting honked at? What 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 did I do wrong? You know, I of course I started going forward, and the lady behind me is still ha he still has that expression like what the fuck you know i'm like damn this light literally just changed and all of a sudden all of a sudden uh, like it, it just so happened that i was driving around with my windows down and um it's not usual that i do that it's a very weird combination of events that happened because i don't normally drive around with my windows down i don't normally do what i'm about to do <laughs> and uh, you know i i, I <laughs> I, I, I'm usually pretty intent on watching traffic lights, so it's like I don't normally, you know, ha, you know, it's not go at the, the, the millisecond that a green light hits, right? Um, so, you know, this lady beeped at me. She's giving me the what-the-fuck hands, and she's got her hands in the air in her convertible, you know, woo -hoo. 
And I, I turn around and uh, I, I yell out my window and I say, Back off, you Mitsubishi bitch. <laughs> I started going. <laughs> I don't know why I said that. And I obviously said it loud enough for her to hear me because her expression changed pretty quickly. <laughs> and uh, she followed me for uh, for a little while and then eventually turned off. But like that whole time, I was like, why did I say that? That was so that was not something that I normally do. The heat's getting to me, I think. I think the heat's getting to me, but, you know. <laughs> Back off, you Mitsubishi bitch. Um, yeah, so that that's kind of like the, the, the highlight of my of my day, <laughs> you know. Um, I don't know. I don't normally do that stuff, but that, that was, I was, I was really pissed at that. Like, the light had just changed. Like, it's not like I was sitting there twiddling my thumbs while the light was green you know i i i I mean the light turned green while i was looking at it it just took me an extra second to register and and lift my foot off my fucking brake like give me a break you know what i'm saying hey give me a wild thing give me a break hey oh what's up with this road rage you know what else sucks airplane food no (laughs) we're not going to that Ah, uh, but yeah, that was that was that. Uh, not not a crazy good story, but still a story nonetheless. Now, the reason why I start off with this story is because I know that I'm going to lose about half my audience right now as I start to talk about music. Okay, because when I start to talk about music, uh, I think it's uh, it's not everyone's favorite topic. But you know, it's a part of my life, and I haven't done one in a while. But I needed to talk about some new music that came around that I wanted to talk about that I've had some thoughts on. Because I thought they were really, really good. Also, um, I was playing that game Card Shark, and I learned a new way to the shuffle cards. So I've been practicing that, and I've also been practicing like indenting cards, so that I can like keep keep cards where I want them. You know, um, <laughs> funny that how, funny things you can learn just from video games. Um, this isn't this isn't going to teach me how to you know full pen and teller, but you know. I, I mean, I like the motion of the cards, you know, I like the motion of like pretending the shuffle, you know, it looks really smooth, but it's not actually a shuffle, you know, what, whatever, who, who am I fucking, fucking, um, Houdini? Oh, that's actually, it didn't, isn't Houdini the guy who died because he was punched in the stomach too hard and his pancreas exploded or something like that? He had pancreatitis or whatever it's called. And his fucking stomach exploded or whatever. Well, not stomach, but pancreas, like, exploded and he died. Man, death defying. Maybe it wasn't Houdini. I forget who it was, actually. But that does remind me. Uh, I was watching this uh, YouTube channel that does, like, weird occurrences and history and stuff like that. And one of the... one I think that... I mean, it's been a while since this video was uploaded, but I watched it recently. And... It was a story of how a molasses tank, like a there, there was a town in in America, I think it was in New York or something like that, that had this big molasses factory, and outside that factory was a big tank of molasses. They stored the excess molasses there, and there were stories of the you know the kids would go up to the tank of molasses and collect the stuff that was that was leaking out. You know, uh, they would the, the people there would constantly hear groans and stuff coming from it, and you know this was like back in like the 20s or something, or even before then, I, f- I forget exactly when, 
And uh, the sad part of the story is, um, I guess there's like a firsthand account from the father of of this son. He was watching him. He was watching his son go to the grocery store, right? You know, because that's what you do. And the sad thing is, is that that molasses tank ex- like exploded. Not like exploded like a kaboom, but more like it just kind of collapsed. And some like like I don't remember how many tons of molasses it was. Let me let me look up the the stats since I'm talking about this right now. Uh the great molasses flood. That's what it was called, the great molasses flood. Really crazy. You should you guys should look it up. So this was in Boston, my apologies, in Boston. So uh 12,000 tons of molasses spread out across uh, uh, across this area of Boston and the speeds were estimated to be about 35 miles per hour um, and this hap- this it was about 2.3 million US gallons of molasses pretty crazy it killed 21 people including that guy's son and injured 150 it actually f- the molasses was so strong that it flattened like the entire uh, the entire area like it was just flattened Pe- people lost their houses um, uh, but yeah, I, I guess I guess it was like during like a a, a a particularly cold time in the state, and the tank couldn't hold the molasses. The molasses was like expanding from the cold or something like that, and it's, and it was releasing gases. And the tank stood about fifty feet tall um, and about ninety feet in diameter, and it just kind of it collapsed. The temperatures had risen above forty degrees after being very cold. So the releasing of the gases uh, from the molasses melting um, caused the 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 thing to explode. Um, it's it's crazy it's crazy what you learn uh, online these days. You know, um, there was just a, a widespread panic. I mean, this this whole area was covered in fucking molasses, and um, it's just it's crazy because this this factory had been like a staple of this community of Boston for a while, and like you know, you, one you should have seen this coming for one thing because. I mean, when 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 the seams of the tank are leaking molasses, uh, I, you know, something tells me that that's not a great idea. You know, um, apparently, all they had to do was uh, use a water boat to push, or I'm sorry, a fire boat to push the molasses, and they actually um, threw sand on the molasses to absorb it, and then they they were able to clean it up after that. Uh, but yeah, pretty pretty fucking crazy, if you ask me. Like, really fucking crazy. And then, um, I think I already knew about this one. But actually, one last thing. The only thing to commemorate, like, the, the people who died in the molasses flood, there's a small plaque in the area where the tank used to be. And it says, you know, molasses, the Boston, the great Boston molasses flood. <laughs> oh, wow, thank you so much. Um, but anyway, the other one that, I, that I've had on my mind, uh, there was this uh, fire at a winery or a distillery um, that was making, like, uh, whiskey or something like that. And um, it was caused, you know, it's just it's that, it's that age-old story, you know, it was caused by, like, a cow or something tipping over uh, a, a lantern that was on fire, right? And um, you know, this was back in, like, you know, again, like, the old days. And the distillery went up in flames, and it was, the fire was so intense, and there was explosions and stuff like that, because, yeah, I, I believe, you know, the alcohol burns really, really strong. So, you know, all those gallons of whiskey were burning and burning and burning. And so what happened was, of course, all this, you know, whiskey that was essentially, all the alcohol was burned off or whatever. 
um, flew, flowed out of the distillery and into the streets of the surrounding city. And, you know, of course, the death toll inside the wine, uh, inside the whiskey place was like zero, you know, except for like the animals that were in the nearby barn or whatever. Uh, but the casualties on land uh, downstream were actually worse because people were taking off their shoes. And I think I saw pictures of this in like a history book when I was a kid, but I didn't really read about what had happened. Um, but people had taken off their shoes and had and had uh, used them as cups to taste this whiskey that was running down the uh, their streets, essentially. And those people, like some people drink so much that it caused them to go into some sort of shock and die. <laughs> and it's because the, the, all the alcohol was burned off and what was left was like some sort of, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't safe to consume a, even like a, a milliliter of the substance. So there were some people who went to the hospital with, with you know, they were very, very sick. And there were other people who didn't make it to the hospital. They drank too much. These freaking drunks out there with their shoes, you know, drinking whiskey down, um, so yeah, just caution to the wind. Uh, I, I, you know, the same stuff kind of happens nowadays, where like a, tr a semi truck will flip over, and you know, there's tons of cheese on the road, and people go out there and try to eat. You know, they start eating or taking the cheese, and it's like, you know, that, that cheese has been on the ground on the freeway. You know, tumbled around. I mean, I don't, <laughs> I don't know about that. Um, but that's just one of the more. Oh, that was one of the more interesting ones that I uh, that I that I watched. Um, the video, uh, the video series is called like Fascinating History. It's a very well run channel. I'll probably talk about more of their uh, their inform information in information filled history uh, episodes. Um, but those are two that have kind of stuck with me: the Great Molasses Flood and this 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 whiskey distillery fire that was like, you know, the fire itself was not dangerous per se because no one died during the fire, but every but a whole bunch of people died after they tried and drink the this burned off whiskey, um, which is pretty crazy. Uh, so, you know, just word to the wise. If just don't drink, don't drink uh, street whiskey <laughs> or whatever it was, but pretty crazy, pretty crazy stuff. Um, but anyway, I was going to talk about, uh, music. Um, <laughs> oops. So, uh, a new album came out from one of my favorite bands, maybe even my favorite band at this point. Um, of course, it's Ailstorm, not Hailstorm. Hailstorm also put out a new album, but I don't really like Hailstorm. But I love Ailstorm, A-L-E Storm. Hailstorm, not so much. H-A-L-E, no, not so much Hailstorm. Follow me down to the river, you know that band. Uh, but I love Ailstorm, you know, I want more wenches. More Wenches and Mead. That's the band that I love. And I've loved this band since high school. You guys know this from my Ailstorm retrospective episode, which was, uh, it was, a, it was a little while ago at this point. If you want to check that out, of course, just scroll back through the episode listing. But I went through all the Ailstorm albums and I ranked them and gave my thoughts on them. And, you know, when I went back and re-listened to some of the albums, I was like, you know, really, Ailstorm didn't really drop off during this time that I thought they did. Maybe I had just, I don't know, maybe maybe I was just being stupid. I don't know. Um, the only album that was I thought was particularly like not worth revisiting was I think it was I think it was uh, uh, in, uh, um, no no sea but the grave uh, no grave but the sea. <laughs> I think that was the one that I said was my least favorite. It's either that or back through time. I can't remember. 
Um, but that's besides the point. Um, you can go back and listen to that when I get my full full thoughts on their their discography. But they released a new album, Seventh Rum of a Seventh Rub. And I knew this album was coming. I didn't know it was coming so soon, though. Uh, a, few, a month ago or two, uh, they showed off this uh, deluxe edition that came with a tankard. Um, and there's like an uh, uh, it's all it's like jet black with a with some red um, with red letters spelling Alestorm. And the eyes of the pirate on the front is like, you know, neon. Um, and the tankard is, is, it's got like an octopus tentacle that reaches up for the handle. It's just so cool. I'm in love with it, but I'm also in love with this album. Uh, it was definitely worth my money to buy the deluxe edition. Um, obviously you can, you can listen to the deluxe version on Spotify. There's nothing stopping you from, you know, listening to, uh, the bonus songs that are on the end of the album. Now, the only the only thing that I think uh, kind of brings this album down a little bit is just the length of it. Um, without any of the deluxe uh, songs on here, it's only 11 songs long. And, um, you know, I, 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 they're memorable songs, don't get me wrong, but I feel like some of their other albums have been more like 15, 16. Um, so, you know, there's there's always that caveat of like oh well you know they're a gimmick band they can only go so far with what they do and I don't believe that I mean they've been around for long enough it's like that's it's more than a gimmick at this point them being pirates you know if if they had if they had you know quit after like their third or fourth album I mean I think on the fourth album which is uh uh the gold um sunset on the golden age uh you know they even had a lyric in that one where it's like you know we're you know we're not done yet we still have more ideas for album five and and then they took a bit of a hiatus and everyone's like oh well there you go um but they came back and they they came back strong enough and then they've just kind of been improving with each album they've released after their lineup change uh their last album curse of the crystal coconut was a very good album i really enjoyed that it kind of had more of like a hip-hop-y poppy kind of pirate vibe to it and I was I was okay with that. I'm like, you know, I'm fine with I'm fine with the way that this sounds. I think it's it's fun. You know, it's a fun album. Uh, they they did a good job of keeping the lore of the band and the, their lyrics going. And when you get to seventh rum of a seventh of a seventh run rum, which is obviously a play on the uh, Iron Maiden uh, song Seventh Son of a Seventh Son, um, they channeled that. Those those first like two album energy, uh, did I say that right? Probably not. They really channeled those first two albums and made an album that was very reminiscent of Hunt Mass of, of Curse of uh, Captain Morgan, Captain Morgan's Curse, the Curse of the Captain Morgan is yeah. So that obviously is one of my favorite albums that they've done. The first album is a classic, and when they did their remaster of it, where they re-recorded things, you know, tightened it up. Uh, that was my favorite Alestorm album, and having that on my mind, I listened to this album, and I'm like, "Damn, this is like a this is like Curse of Captain Morgan Part Two, you know? Like this, like the songs hit hard. They got a lot of double bass going and a lot of bassy stuff going, and that is what their first album was really full of. Was like really crazy drums. Not, you know, this album doesn't have like crazy guitar and guitar battling solos, you know, um, but I think it does channel like those those first few albums. Um, and that's what I really like about this. I mean, I, I don't get me wrong. Like I said, I liked Curse of the Crystal Coconut. I wasn't a huge fan of No Grave But the Sea, uh, but they still had, you know, some good stuff on there. And it's interesting that 
after that lineup change, they can still go back and make an album that sounds just like when they first started off. When I was in high school, watching them live at Peabody's Down Under in Cleveland, uh, me and my friends all wearing different Alestorm shirts that had, you know, the different albums on the front of them, you know, doing the, the, the hook hand and, and screaming and the screaming the lyrics along with Alestorm. Really great times. Um, it really channeled back to that feeling and, and that the, the way the band felt back then. And, um, you know, it, it's, it's, it's actually uh, an exceptional album. It's actually really, really good. It's exactly what I want from the band, honestly. Like, And I'll say this probably a bunch of times, even though I didn't mind their new direction that they had gone with a bit more poppy, upbeat, you know. Uh, this one definitely channels more of that old metal pirate metal aesthetic that they that they had gone for for years and um it starts off excellent with the uh, uh Melligan's expedition just a really hard hitting song really great chorus uh lyrically really really good then it goes into the battle of cape fear river which is another one that's like it hits really hard um the the beginning like second of the song is just like them yelling and i'm like yep this is this is it boys and uh they get into it um funny enough uh the next song cannonball is like a spiritual successor to fucked with an anchor um because it's another one of those songs that's like it's funny it's more like just kind of like obscene for just being just to be cuz just to be obscene uh so you know the lyric is like stick a cannonball up your c word c-u-n-t okay i'm not gonna say it because it's kind i i believe in america here in the u.s of a it's become more of like uh um i don't know it's just it's people frown when you when you say that word now like it's a very visceral word to say you know you just say it so i'm gonna say i'm gonna i'm gonna pg it a little bit stick a cannonball up your butt Stick, stick your dick in a blender is the main chorus. And when I was listening to it, I like just started to smile and I was like, yep, fucked by an anchor right here. You know, this is this is like a spiritual successor to that. Uh, PRT, PRTY, you know, it's party pirate time. Uh, one of my favorites on there. It's, it's one of those more upbeat songs uh, and, it, and it, it channels what they uh, the sound that they were going for um with their last two albums which i don't mind like i said it's actually a very fun song really fun to listen to song um and then right after that under black and banners really reminded me of their second album uh black sales at midnight uh very very interesting um and then there's one that's like magyarozag <laughs> can't really pronounce it it's another one that uh it's it's a, it's just it's a banger you know <laughs> what else can i say Seventh Rum is Seventh Rum is good. I, I like the lyrics in that one. Bite the hook hand that feeds. Another like it's it's a par you know it's not like a parody the 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 the, uh, the title is a parody of the hand that feeds but it's not the song is nothing like the hand that feeds. Um, it's a good one. It is a good one. I like that one better than Seventh Rum of Seventh Rum. And I think there was like a a poll on their Facebook or something like that where you could vote whether the to have the album be Seventh Rum of Seventh Rum or Bite the Hook Hand That Feeds. I like the title Seventh Rum of a Seventh Rum better, uh, but I think Bite the Hook Hand That Feeds is actually better than the title track. Then, really interestingly, uh, the last I'm sorry, two of the uh, three last songs on here are like returns to old songs that they've done in the past. So, Return to Tortuga. Uh, if you don't recall from my talk about Ailstorm back in the retrospective, Tortuga was one of my favorite songs on the last album, Crystal Coconut. And um, the reason for that being is like it, com- it, it was just like this really fun, really good hook. 
you know, it has like this really funny guy coming in the middle and do like a rap section. You know, it's just a fun tune. And they re-recorded the song for this album, and it's a heavy metal version of the song, and it sounds great. It does. It does. It it, it just sounds great. It's, it's it, it. You could put this song on one of their first, you know, one of their original albums, and it would fit so perfectly. Um, and then the other song that that actually ends the album, two out of the three. I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about the second to last in a second. Uh, Wooden Leg Part Three, and even though Wooden Leg Part Three is not as epic per se as Wooden Leg Part Two, I find it really enjoyable that they've kept this like this this it, they've they've made it into a trilogy essentially. You know, Wooden Leg Part One started off back in like the the album that's that Sunset of the, on the Golden Age, and then it came back for the Curse of the Crystal Coconut. Um, and it was like, it was like, yeah, this is, this is great. I love this. You know, it's continuing the story from that album so long ago. And, uh, they're, you know, that he's talking about how he got revenge on all these, all these people who did him wrong. You know, he's, he, he used black magic to stick their arms and legs onto his own body, but then the arms and legs had brains of their own and they cut off his own head and they replaced it with a wooden head. And in part three, um, it's not as outrageous as that, but it kind of keeps with that 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 concept of you know the Spaniard who chopped off his arm. You know he comes in for a verse, and it's really nice. It's a different language. Can't understand what he's saying at the moment. I'll probably look up the lyrics later, um, but it's just like such a cool vibe. You know, you got this this guy speaking Spanish or, or well, doing like a metal Spanish. And then later on, there's you know he, he, the guy the the Japanese samurai who uh, the, our our main character meets has a verse of his own, and he and it's a Japanese metal pirate metal kind of thing going on. And in between those, you know, they they changed how the chorus works. So instead of it being you know um, uh, a much faster kind of more heavy sounding chorus, it's 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 elongated. It's more monotone, maybe not monotone, but it's more. Uh, it's just a longer like wooden leg wooden leg you know it's just it's so cool how they i don't know it's just cool it puts a smile on my face the you know even though you might go oh well these you know the last two songs you talked about are just re-releases of songs they've done before it's like sure but they sound great and i can't deny that and then um, there's a song called "Come to Brazil," probably my least favorite song on the album. Unfortunately, it just doesn't have. A, it's not really. Um, it just doesn't vibe with me. I think that it's a, it's lyrically it's not as strong as the rest of the songs on there. Um, and uh, also, I think just instrumental wise, it's also not as strong either. Um, but yeah, I mean, all in all, I mean, I like a, a ten out of eleven songs on this album. I love ten out of eleven songs on this album. Um, so that actually, that definitely puts it above Curse of the Crystal Coconut. St- I don't think I would put it above, uh, I-, I think I would put this above the original recording of um, Captain Morgan's Revenge. That's what it's called, not Curse of Captain Morgan, Captain Morgan's Revenge. There is a song on the album called Cur- The Curse of Captain Morgan Has Led Us to This Fate, So Have No Fear and Don't Look Back, The Afterlight Awaits. Oh, man, I-, I just got butterflies listening in that. I love this band so much. Um but uh, I, I, I would probably put this one above the original recording, but below whatever I had uh, above that one. Um, 
Curse of the Crystal Coconut. I think it's better than Curse of the Crystal Coconut for sure. And um, it's definitely better than uh, No Grape But the Sea. Uh, like I said, there's just like, there's like one song on this album that I go, oh, you know, it's not not my favorite. Um, but everything else on here is just exceptionally good. So if you want to check it out, I would highly recommend it. Alestorm's Seventh Rum of a Seventh Rum. I'm very passionate about this band. And I love them so much, and they've given me such a joy in life. And you know, when when I saw the you know that they were giving that ta- that deluxe edition tankard, I was like, you know what, I I should I should support this band more. Like they've given me such joy, so many great memories. You know, I I saw them back when I was in high school. I loved them back then. The lead singer drunkenly fell over on me and my friends when he thought we were taking a picture, but we were just talking to him, and uh, he stumbled away. And I remember my my friend Max. Uh, he, he like shook his hand and was like, you guys have a really great sound. You know, he's a much, he's a much more musical person than, than me. But, um, actually I think he's like a conductor now, actually, if I think about it. Uh, but anyway, you know, it was just so funny cause he was like pit. The guy was like the lead singer of Ailstorm was like pissed drunk. You know, he couldn't, he, he, he was just, just didn't know what was happening. And he shook his hand really, really awkwardly and then left. Um, and then I saw them at Warp Tour and I recounted that story to him and he's like, oh, we were bad boys back then. And I was like, no, it was, it was great. It's one of my favorite memories and you're still one of my favorite bands. And then they signed my Rubber Ducky, which is still on my shelf to this day. And now I have my tankard next to it and it brings a, it, it, it makes, it actually makes me feel a little bit emotional thinking about it. You know, this band has been with my life in my life, uh, for well over 10 years now, probably more like 15 years now. And they're still consistently putting out good material, you know, uh, great material even, um, which is just kind of really, really nice, you know. Um, there's not many bands in my life that I regularly listen to that, that do that, you know. I used to really like the Foo Fighters. They kind of fell off for me after Sonic Highways. It, it, their sound just, like, changed a little bit too much and things just got a little bit too generic. Uh, I, I was listening to that new Coheed and Cambria album, and I know, Callus, I'm sorry, you, you posted it in the Discord, and I'm going to kind of badmouth it, but... It is just like a really weird album. It's just it doesn't sound that great uh, to me personally. I mean, I haven't really listened to Coheed and Cambria since um, the the uh, what what's that album called? It's the one with Guns of Summer on it and stuff like that. Come on, hurry up! Well, I'm looking under playlists. That's probably not going to help. Oh, I just want to. I just want to. I just want to smack myself in the face. I don't have the band saved anymore. Fuck me. <laughs> wooden leg, wooden leg, I've got a wooden leg. Alright, albums. <sighs> Spotify's being dumb right now, folks. I apologize. Uh, Why can't I just look at their albums? Albums, discography, here we go. Fuck me. Um, uh, what was that album? Year of the Black Rainbow. That's the last one I listened to. I remember that song had that Guns of Summer song on there. Also, The Broken. Very good song. And Here We Are, Juggernaut. Very good song as well. Um, But Guns of Summer ended up on Rock Band 3's DLC. And the drum part for that was just, like, charted so bizarrely. Uh, But that was the last Coheed and Cambria album that I really listened to. I mean, there was one that had, like, a... I think it had, like, an octopus on the front of it or something like that. I don't remember exactly. Um, But after that, I really didn't listen to Coheed after that. And now they've come back with this new album... A window of the wa- awaking mind, and it just it just sounds very generic. It just it sounds like any other kind of like post metal hardcore 
band. It's not as intricate as their old albums. You know, you listen to you listen to Welcome Home and there's so much going on in that one song. And you listen to any of the songs on this album. Yes, I went through all of them because I'm a sadistic bastard. Um, and there was just like nothing as intricate, nothing as clever, nothing as well written as what was before. And it's kind of sad because Coheed was one of those bands that like, even if you weren't a fan of metal, you kind of like liked, you know, when, when people played that song on rock band one, welcome home, everyone loved that song. It was the most, it was probably one of the most played songs on that, uh, game. And, you know, they, they had some really good albums back when I was in high school and then all of a sudden, like I don't, I don't know what happened. They just changed. It was it's the same same thing with uh, the band Periphery. I used to love Periphery. Their songs are so once again they were very intricate. Lots of guitar work going on that was very well done. And the vocals, like they they would have the screamo in there along with like some with clean vocals, and it sounded amazing. And then all of a sudden, somewhere in there, they just they changed to be more of like a poppy kind of like you know generic metal band, and that was just like not not fun it wasn't fun when that happened i really enjoyed i thought that periphery was one of those really special bands and then they just kind of went plain you know and i think the same thing kind of happened to coheed where you know they used to they used to i I, i'm i mean i'm sure their passion is still there don't get me wrong i'm sure they're still very passionate about making music and stuff like that but it just it's, it's changed a little bit too much for me and i was really you know i was really hoping to listen to this and be like oh wow coheed still rocks and unfortunately i can't say that um, so that's that. Uh, there's other albums that I would like to talk about, but I'm running short on time today, folks. You know how it is. I got places to be, things to do, meet the beat, you know what I'm saying? Roxanne Wolf, Rule 34 to look at. So, you know, uh, just, I'll just leave with this. Ailstorm, double thumbs up. Definitely check that out. Coheed and Cambria's new album, double thumbs down. <laughs> Don't listen to that. Uh, maybe I'll talk about, I, I, I definitely want to talk about the new Ghost album and the Necrogoblicon album. Uh, the Necrogoblicon album was my birthday album, and I'd like to talk about that a little bit, maybe next time, maybe not next time, who knows. Uh, but if you've listened to this rambling about music, uh, thank you so much. I know that the music episodes are not my best performing, but I appreciate you sticking around to the end here. Really do appreciate that. Um, if you uh, if if you want to check me out, um, you can go over to my OnlyFans. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Thank you for listening. And uh, if you don't want uh, if you don't want a seventh rum after your sixth rum, actually, you know what? <laughs> don't drink rum out of your shoe. If you see rum, you know, if you see rum or whiskey flowing down your 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 local street, just look at the look at the water. You know, look at the whiskey. And, and 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 say to the people around you who are who are taking off their shoes to drink it just tell them fuck off <laughs> <laughs>